and welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast, where three dads get together to talk about gaming. This week, we have been scouring the internet for gaming news, and today we will be breaking down This Week in Gaming, selecting our favorite stories of the week that we want to talk about. Please make sure to rate our show five stars and leave a written review if your podcast app allows. We'd also ask you to consider supporting us on Patreon over at MultiplayerSquad.com. Supporters get bonus episodes twice a month and access to all of our episodes a day early. I am your host, Paul, and I am joined here by my two fellow gamer dads. First up, don't call it a comeback, but he is back from the dead. He's angry and he's wearing a red hood. It's Josh. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> and if somebody knows that reference, good on you. <laughs> Jason Todd? Oh, we we were we oh, were talking Monty Python. We were talking Monty Python right before Michael, recording. How did you miss it? Yeah. Michael hit us with a Monty Python quote. <laughs> we did not know, and then Josh is busting out one of the more popular ones. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm not dead yet. I only All know right. the obscure stuff, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, with me and Josh, you know, he's got 6,000 hours in Red Dead 2 through Google Stadia, and he's oh. begging Red Dead Online to let him transfer his data. It's Michael. Oh, and still give me the refund that's promised, please. It'd be great. I'll take all the refunds and all the rewards. Give it to me. All of it. Uh, Oh, very nice. All right. So we've got a lot to talk about today, guys. What we're going to talk about here first is actually Gotham Knights. So this is a game that we have not talked a whole lot about on our show. Uh, However, I know that I've been keeping a close eye on it. Lately, we've been talking a lot more about Gotham Knights. Basically, we took a look through the end of the year, seeing how many games do we need to deep dive? What do we have time for? What are we going to play? And Gotham Knights ended up making the cut. So better late than never, guys. Maybe we should start talking about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess, you know. <laughs> you guess. <laughs> so excited. It oh, is, man. It will be the deep dive uh, after Halloween. Um, we've yes. got a Halloween one that's that's coming up for legendary supporter uh, Dr. Catatonic. Um, and then after that, Gotham Knights will be on the table. I believe the release date on that is the 21st of October, right? Yeah, it releases October 21st. And uh, we'll be able to play it for about two weeks. And then we'll be deep diving. It. So yeah. I'm going to come out and say it. I'm not a huge DC fan. This is a DC superhero game. Um, I'm much more of a Marvel guy. I think Marvel heroes are just cooler than DC heroes by a mile. Michael's shaking his head, but so I kind, many I kind things of expect wrong Michael there. to be a DC guy. That just you know, that's kind of on brand. Oh man, um, so much so- wrong with that. <laughs> well, doesn't everyone agree Marvel has the best heroes and DC has the best villains? It's Isn't true. this what everyone believes? I, I do think that's true. Marvel has done a really good job over the last 14 years of making some of their more obscure heroes, very good heroes. But DC has just as many who simply maybe have just a darker childhood or upbringing. All right. I'll I'll say this. I have not heard of any of the heroes in Gotham Knights with the exception (gasps) of Batgirl. Okay. Hold on. Let me me talk about this. Let me talk about this. Is that that a bird? I got got to talk about this because there's actually two Robins in the game. It's kind of funny. Um, No, no. So, so DC, like it's, this is great. And this is, Paul just mentioned that he's been following this game forever. I have not, but I'm a huge comic book nerd. Got a lot of comic books, all that stuff. 
Barbara Gordon is Batgirl. Awesome. Jason Todd, Red Hood. Awesome. You see all this in the first three minutes of gameplay when you're picking them, and it says the actual you know character name with their um, pseudonym or whatever it's called. But then you've got Dick Grayson as Nightwing yeah. and Tim Drake as Robin. They're both yeah. Robin. Both of this them are Robin. This is very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Um, from different, because Dick Grayson was in Action Comics, one of the earlier ones, as Robin, and then later on he leaves, and he goes, and he um, is head of the... Oh, now I can't remember the name of it, but... Um, uh, anyways, long story short, he becomes Nightwing and he runs that one thing that was a TV show for a little bit. Really popular. But it's weird having two Robins. But like, I'm the opposite of you, Josh. When I saw these names, I was like, yes, we get them in a video game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially Red Hood. I think Red Hood is a really fascinating character. Yeah. You mean Deadpool? I've never. <laughs> no. He just looks like Deadpool. <laughs> Um. Anyway, the the point is, let's talk about the actual game instead of just comics in general. I'm not Teen a comics Titans. guy at all. Teen uh, Titans was what it was, by the way. No, it was Teen Titans. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, uh, Teen Titans okay. Go? Dude, now secretly, I love the kids' yeah. Teen Titans show Teen and Titans. the movie. <laughs> it's really good. Yes. <laughs> Does it have Nightwing as Dick Grayson? Uh, No. But oh. there are running jokes that Robin has really small hands, and it cracks me up every time. <laughs> like, they just always make fun of him. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Gotham Knights. I have been on record many times talking about how much I love the Batman Arkham games. I feel like they are drastically undervalued now at this point. Gotham Knights is made by WB Montreal. So, you know, we have people who know what they're doing. They've already put out fantastic Batman games. This is going to be the next iteration and there was the official PC trailer that released this week. Looked pretty and good. It looks fantastic, yeah, I yes. think, from a graphical standpoint. But let's uh, talk a little bit about this one. So this game is going to be a completely separate story from everything from Batman Arkham. Totally new storyline. It takes place after the deaths of Bruce Wayne and Commissioner Gordon. So we have crime drastically Wait. on the rise. Wait, Batman dies? Batman dies, dude. Spoiler alert. He is dead. Break <laughs> done. Wait Gone a dies. Yeah, he's dead. And Who kills Batman? A, a, a lot of people are thinking that Batman might come back in this game or in a later DLC. I don't think that'll be the case. I he think, always comes I back, I think he's though. dead. We'll see. Yeah. But basically in this one, we will have the ability to play as Nightwing, Batgirl, Robin, and Red Hood. The villains that we face, the main bad guys are going to be the Court of Owls, which is a very famous storyline in the comics. It will also include Mr. Freeze, Harley Quinn, Clayface, and Penguin. So I don't really know where you guys want to start on this one, but this is an open world action RPG. The entire map is basically open from minute one. They said from minute one, you can basically go wherever you want. And I think maybe what I want to talk about first is that the phrase that they keep using about this game is information scarcity. They're not just going to say, hey, someone's holding up this bank, go stop them and take them down. The game is not going to spoon feed you quests like that. The game forces you to run around at night in Gotham City, and you're going to overhear conversations, you're going to find clues, you're going to see things, and you're going to start to put them together back at, at your headquarters. And then as you put information together you'll start to learn, okay, well, tonight, I know this crime is going down, but I'm ready for it. I'm going to be there. And I think that's a really clever way to have a mission system. But what do you guys think about information scarcity? 
I like what they showed in the recent videos. Um, I like what they're going with, with saying, hey, this is not going to be an Ubisoft game where there are quest markers everywhere on the map that tell you exactly <laughs> what's going to happen and when. Right. Mm-hmm. They basically said you are a you are a superhero. You're a vigilante is how the, the city kind of views you a little bit. Um, and you just go out and you do superhero things, which is patrolling the city from the rooftops or riding around. And then if you see crime happen, you can choose to stop and, and stop that crime and beat up the bad guys, or you can let that crime happen. Maybe you've got a more important thing that you're going to investigate. So this liquor store that's getting robbed is just going to have to get robbed. And I like the fact that they're, they're taking that aspect with it. In the sense that it's like, the, as you were just out and about in the city, you are going to garner information that is going to tell you things because that is a much more natural gameplay flow than having 80 quests lined out for you that says, go stop the robbery at the liquor store. Now go stop the uh, guys from lighting the fire station on fire. Right. Now go do this and then your night's over. It, so I, I really like that aspect. Well, and it looks like, too, it's almost like you're more in control of what happens. Like, the whole game is played at night. The only time it's during the day is when you're doing your planning for what you're going to do that night. And it looks like, from what I got from the trailers and the gameplay and, and you know, all the commentaries on it, is that basically that's when you kind of plan out, like, hey, we're going to go and investigate this and that. And and I'll plan out my day. Obviously, you might have some time where it's like, hey, this robbery has happened. Well, I can't do that because I'm doing this side mission to stop Mr. Freeze or something like that or kind of doing detective work and planning out. I want to go investigate this place because I think this might be part of the story, which I thought was really intriguing. Yeah. And I think the detective type work also includes like light puzzles, which is a lot of fun, too. Because when I think back to the old Arkham games, a lot of it was, oh, well, let's follow this person's cologne, and I'll be able to scan it in the air. And you were kind of like following cologne trails or blood trails, things of that nature. This one looks to be a little bit more puzzle-oriented. Like, we know there's a secret room in this uh, this office, but we have to figure out how to get inside it. And so you scan the room, and it's like, well, I can input things in the microwave or I can input numbers into this or that. And then you see various numbers around the office and you start putting them all together and you're going to be able to like solve these puzzles and figure those things out. I've always loved the detective aspect of Batman. I think that's where the game really shines. Um, one other thing that's very cool about this one is that WB said they don't want you to feel like you're playing all four characters equally. This is not about having four successors to Batman. It's more so playing as all four, hopping back and forth, tinkering with them, and you're going to figure out which one is your favorite and focus on them, and you're basically going to be molding them to become the next Dark Knight. And so it's not all four together, but rather you're going to be honing in on one of them. And it, the, they actually said that that character will have like an epiphany as you complete challenges and you unlock them at the end game types end game content. And then they will actually be able to like take over as the new caretaker of Gotham city. And I thought that was a very cool system as well, instead of just playing all four equally. Man, from a story aspect, I think that's really cool if they also kind of flesh out the characters and you learn more about that one character you've chosen because it gives you multiple playthrough opportunities as well. Like you play it through one time. Barbara Gordon 
is the daughter of Jim Gordon who just died and was trained by Batman who just died. Seems like she's got a lot to explore there. And so maybe you go down that road or look at the other characters. I do think it's really interesting, though, that um, I, I like the way that, you know, as you pick this one character, you also can upgrade like your armor that you're wearing, which changes the mm-hmm. appearance. It changes the appearance of your character. So if I pick Batgirl, when I start out, she's wearing a ridiculous spandex suit. By the end, if I'm upgrading her armor, she's got all kinds of cool stuff going on, um, which is, you know, I think that kind of leads into the fact that you're trying to make one character a super character and not trying to just spread out you know it's kind of like um a point system or skill system in any game you don't want to put even in everything you want to decide how you want to play and max out that that type of skill tree and so it kind of acts like that but with more of a story based one of the things that they mentioned in this video too that actually really caught my attention was the boss fights and how that's going to work because any superhero game needs super villains to go up against And one thing that they focused on that I thought was really cool was they were saying that when you go to fight a boss, you are not going into a bubble world is the term they used, where it's like, hey, I walk into this big arena. Now I know there's a boss fight coming. What they're saying is, is that you will actually come across the bosses and you'll discover more and more about them as you play the game. And so it is, this is assuming how this is going to work, but you, you will just be out one night and you'll come across Harley Quinn. You know, as you're just out and about fighting crime or something like that, and that it's not this boss arena thing, you know, and things like that, you'll have to garner information to kind of get closer to her or understand what sort of crime activities she is doing, which I thought was really neat because if you're in Gotham City, you don't know when you're going to come across the Penguin, you know, (laughs) like things like that. And so I really like that aspect of like, Oh man, did this just happen? Is that, uh oh, I'm not ready for this. Maybe you run away. Maybe you fight her, you know, or maybe it's a multi series, like, you know, stepped kind of thing. But I do like that aspect that they're taking with trying to make everything that happens in the city feel kind of natural in your play versus this jarring, like, okay, you're about to fight a boss. You better go gear up at your headquarters and make sure you've got your health potions and now you've got this. Okay, now go fight. You know, and stuff like that. So I like that. Well, and the developers even said, like, the things around Gotham City, like you said, Josh, are happening naturally. If Penguin's planning a heist at this day, it has nothing to do with your character. They don't care about your character. They care about that heist. Whereas most video games are so hero-centric that it's always like, hey, we've got to stop this hero from stopping us that day. No, Penguin's hoping you don't even show up, and you might not even show up is what the game is saying. You might do something else that night, and Penguin gets away with it, and now you've got to figure out what to do next. Yeah, it has some very clever ways of how you relate to the city. So in the beginning, nobody's on your side. The people don't like you. The police don't like you. The criminals don't like you. And then over the course of the game, as you play more and more, kind of like how you always liked, Michael, being called the hero of Kavach back in Elder Scrolls. They will start to recognize you, and all of a sudden, the police start partnering with you and giving you information. and And so, I really like the idea of how the how Gotham City is almost like another character in the game. Um, so, obviously, you know, we don't want to spend the whole episode talking about Gotham Knights, but just one last thing here on PC in the trailer that we saw online, you've got ultra high frame rate up to two hundred forty frames a second, and when you're playing a superhero game that includes things like weather machines and super abilities. This game looks really, really good in the trailer. I cannot wait to play it. I think it looks fantastic. And it does have two-player co-op. I was going to say, we I have was to talk about the co-op yeah, yeah. before we move on. 
One of our stories earlier this year that we never covered is that there were some hints that they were going to try to go full four-player co-op, which would have been incredible. Yeah. But it's just going to have drop-in, drop-out co-op, and progression does save on both people's ends. So if I join Josh's game and I complete something and then I go back to my own game, when I reach that content, it's going to say, hey, you've already beaten this. Do you want to play it again or do you just want to pass it? And the game gives you that option, which I think is really nice to make it more cohesive for co-op. I think that the biggest thing about that is that I I talked to Josh and Paul earlier and said, I don't think this game looks like it's offering anything crazy new. That is kind of a game breaker, really cool thing. The only thing I don't like about that is that it said that the levels of like the enemies will scale somewhere between the two. I've been on record saying I don't like scaling. Like for instance, World of Warcraft, you start in bar- barren wastelands or whatever. You're fighting these little targ things. They're level five. You go back at level sixty. You wink at them. They die. It doesn't scale with you. I don't like it when you attack a cow in a game. You go back at level seventy. The cow's level seventy-two. However. In this game, I think that's the only way they can really pull this off, and so I'm very for it. I think it's so cool that I can hop into one of your games and progress in my own individual game playing without you later on at the same time. Brilliant. The other thing with the co-op that actually sounds really, really neat is it's untethered, and because Gotham City is an open world, it's an open city, you are not tethered to the person that you are playing with. So if I am playing with Michael and Michael's like, hey, I'm going to go do this crime and I get distracted, I start fighting people or I run off this direction, I can run off that direction and I can do all of the, the like anything that I want in Michael's Gotham City. My progression will save in my world if I want it to. But I love the fact that it's like, we may be playing in the same world, but yet not together. And then maybe I finish what I'm doing. I come back to check out what he's doing. He's in some big fight. I swoop in from the rooftops, save his bacon. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I can see that aspect creating good stories as well in the co-op aspect, which is really one of those things you really hope for. I also really hope that there's a moment in a game, like if, if Josh and I are playing or Paul and I, where you have that hero moment. Every movie has it where the hero's about to die. Things are going terrible. And then out of nowhere, here comes a bat dart thing coming in. Josh <laughs> swoops in and saves me. And it's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the last thing that I'll mention as well is that as opposed to the other Batman games, this one also has a little bit more shooting. So you get to play with either your range weapons, your melee weapons, you can stealth and do your takedowns, all that kind of stuff. So this game seems like it's going to offer quite a bit in terms of like how you want to play it. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break here from the new official Gotham Knights podcast, and we will be back (laughs) shortly. All right. We are back, guys. Let's talk a little bit about Google Stadia. So we've talked about it in the past. Rip. Yeah. You know, uh, (laughs) Q taps on the trumpet, you know, press F to pay respects. Google Stadia, the cloud gaming service, is being permanently taken down on January 18th, 2023, at which point it will be completely dead and gone. However, like Michael did uh, very briefly mention earlier, they are giving full refunds for everything people have bought on Stadia. However, that does not mean you're automatically going to be able to have save files or be able to convert it to Steam or Epic Game Store or something like that. Um, I think this is a real shame because Google Stadia was such a great way for people who cannot afford PC game or I'm, I'm sorry, afford PC equipment to be able to get into PC gaming 
And now it's just going to be gone. It won't even be an option. I called the death of Google Stadia from the very beginning. And this is not an I told you so, but I'm pretty sure that when we covered that long, long ago, many years ago, I just said, I don't think this is ever going to catch on. I don't think it's ever going to be mainstream. I get why it works for some people, but it just seemed like it wasn't necessary. If you can't afford a PC or you don't want a PC, you have a console. People prefer consoles over PCs. They want to kick back on their couch or something like that. I just couldn't see a world where you don't want any of that and you want to play games remotely. And that's basically what Google Stadia was. I just, this doesn't surprise me and it sucks for people that love Google Stadia. So like, I'm sorry for that, but the the news doesn't shock me, I guess. I think you could not be more wrong, Josh. I think in oh. 20 years, everybody will be doing nothing but cloud-based gaming. But I think Google terrible. was too, Google was just too early and people weren't ready for it. We're going to see this absolutely catch on. It'll be the future of gaming. You don't own your games. You don't own the equipment. The only thing you own is a controller that you hey, have Josh. to buy. If you're going to watch a movie, what are you probably queuing up on your I TV? I get it. I, and that's like, I'm not, but that's not a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't even own a Blu-ray player anymore because I just stream everything. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't own these things. And that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> but you won't have to buy any equipment. I think we're going to see more of this on PC moving forward where you're not going to have to buy a a $1,600 NVIDIA graphics card. You're going to be able to play whatever you want. You don't need to worry about any hard drive space. You just literally play it immediately. There's a lot of benefits to it. I completely hear everything you're saying, Josh. You are so opposed to to mobile and remote gaming. Um, I I, I just, I think this is going to catch on in the future. It was just too early. Well, Remember that Facebook also, like two months ago, got rid of their same kind of thing. They got rid of the app. You can still game on Facebook, but the Facebook gaming app is gone. Here's the thing. Google is so fickle. I'll bet you this comes back at some point. I mean, look at Google+. Plus was around for like four or five years. The Google <laughs> Nexus Q, Google Latitude, Google Reader, all these. They're, they're, I'm on an article right now. There's like 50 things that Google has abandoned after two to five years because it didn't work. And half of them, they kind of brought back in another form. So I kind of agree with what Paul is saying about the idea that maybe this was just a bit too early. People didn't latch onto it fast enough. I do think it's a shame, but I'm not surprised that this is gone, especially given Google's history of abandoning properties that just are not super cash drivers for them right now not later to be fair i only used google stadia once and it was for a free trial of immortals phoenix rising but i gotta tell you it was really cool just to be able to click a button and immediately one second later it's like new game or options or quit and you just click new game and you're immediately in it it there's zero loading and it looked just as good as if you were playing it on your computer now obviously it relies on having good internet and whatnot but also if you remember google stadia famously was they had the highest ratings for running cyberpunk so back at release you actually got the best experience if you played cyberpunk on google stadia um, I think we'll see it return. Google already said it's not completely done. They they have business applications for it. They said, especially with like video game development, if you're running a new build, you can let other people test it using their technology. So they're going to keep working on it. Uh, however, Ubisoft, to their credit, they did say that they will allow you to port your purchases to their launch system. And so that way you don't lose the games that you have bought. 
So I thought that was kind of neat. Um, but at the same time, you do have stories like the one guy who says, I'm going to lose my Red Dead Online progress. I've played 6,000 hours, Ugh, and we're not so too rough. sure what that hey, guy's going to do. He might just lose it. That proves my point. This dude does not own his game. He's dependent on another company. All of his 6,000 hours that he's got in this is gone because he didn't own the game that he was playing. He was paying monthly for Google Stadia, I don't. What is the price of Google Stadia or was? Does anybody well, know? Google, I think you might be confused, Josh, because in Google Stadia you buy games and you own them. The problem is now the service is being taken down. It would be like if Steam went out of business, you would no longer have access to those games. Oh, so it Google right. Stadia is not fee? like a Game okay. Pass. You buy your games, but when it's an online service, if Google Stadia goes down, you can't like just download a save file and now log in through steam so it's it's really just like the problem of going from one service to another yeah i mean i'm gonna sound old but this is why having hard copies of games was nice back in the day because nobody (laughs) could take it away from you as long as you had a hard drive you could install the game you know you didn't need internet or any of that stuff and so not to sound like the old curmudgeon back in my day you know but like this is why now they're gonna refund them so it, you know good on google for saying hey if you bought hardware games sure. whatever we're gonna refund everything and i'm sure that's a pretty big financial hit for google at this point for like the 12 people out there that used google stadia <laughs> oh, google, you know? fine. but um <laughs> but you know this is another thing i mean you mentioned it steam what would happen if steam went out of business and Oof. said hey you have no access to anything I, that you've bought Never bring that up again. Just, uh, but, let's just but not talk about the that. Thing, right? The gaming we, we industry become, would explode. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> would have to fill that void real fast. Yeah, but I mean, you're just stuck at that point. And we're yeah. all in it. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's just, it's, I get it's a natural transition. I'm not saying it's a good one. And so that's why it's like, I get what you're saying, Paul, and that this is helpful to people. I just don't like that trend of like, we own nothing, everything is just rented. Yeah, and, and Google Stadia had the the buy model. Uh, I think we're going to see maybe some kind of combination of both. I wouldn't be shocked in the future where pretty much everything is Game Pass, but at the same time, it'll be cloud gaming where you don't have to download it. Now you don't have to buy a console ever. You just pay a flat rate monthly fee, you have access to everything, and you don't have to download it so you can play any game you want anytime. I, I feel like that's probably what we're going to see in the future of games. Uh, for better or worse. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I just think it is the the future of gaming. I'm, I'm still just so with Josh. I want discs to come back. Like Bruce Willis had a big oh. thing with Apple several years ago where he had like 5,000 <laughs> songs. He sued yeah. Apple because like he had 5,000 songs. He put it in his last will and testament. When he dies, it goes to his kids. And Apple said, no, it doesn't. So, but I bought those. And they're like, you don't own them. So it's like, give me the disc. I want the disc. <laughs> I will say I do not miss the days of installing on like the 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 DVD ROMs and the multiple CDs. <laughs> oh, you had the four. It, please insert disc three, yeah. <laughs> and then or if something like would go wrong, it wouldn't read the disc. <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven. You try to travel somewhere, and they're like, "Please enter disc three. Yeah. And it's, oh, yeah. You got to swap them out. Or all your that disc stuff. has a scratch in Act Three, and you're like, ah. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the worst when you ruined one disc out of the bunch. Gotta oh, go buy man. it again. <laughs> all right and then uh you know it wouldn't be an episode of the multiplayer gaming podcast if we didn't make skull and bones uh, a, a, a punching bag here for us <laughs> just beat it some more you know, <laughs> let's beat it more the horse is dead we're gonna keep beating it anyway skull and bones it's delayed again guys they pushed it back to march 9th unnamed sources have told kotaku that the game's polish and playability are in a good place 
the delay is for the purpose of deepening the game's progression. Uh, guys, in six months, can they make a shallow no. game deep? I, I, Dude, I don't think so. You know what they're gonna do? They're just gonna add more armor or more cannons at this more point. More cannons. Because yeah, they're yeah. like, what are they gonna do? You know what I mean? Are they gonna add fishing? Okay, like it's just going yeah. to be another layer of something. They cannot fix the gameplay at this point. Six months is not gonna change any of that. They're far, far too along the development process. I like that they're aware that, hey, the gameplay sucks. Like, it gets old very, very fast. But adding one more level of something is not going to fix that. They can't, they can't add a whole entire story progression in the next six months if it wasn't na- natively in the game yet. I was a Skull and Bones truther like two months ago, and I'm eating my <laughs> words now. You guys are both like, doesn't look like there's anything more than sea battles. And I'm like, no, it's going to be great. And now I'm like, man, it's six months, delay it two years. Who cares? I'm not playing it. It's like Elite Dangerous on the sea. Just you not worth playing. Your, no good content. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Keep All right, Elite so. Dangerous out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, death of Google Stadia, the continued uh, very slow death of Skull and Bones, even though it is not even released yet. I, I think it's safe to say I think we're gonna pass on doing a yes. deep dive at this point. Uh, I don't want yeah. to. But I'm not I want wasting to. that money. As yep. fun as it would be to trash the game for a full deep dive, I, we yeah, don't want to no. give it our money. Have we ever had like a triple <laughs> murder? Oh yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I haven't murdered a game yet, but I w- I'm not sure if when Todd was around. Yeah, you're just too nice, though, Michael. Too. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know what game I would have murdered aside from Elite Dangerous, oh, but I love it. <laughs> Hood Outlaws and Legends, the getting assassinated yeah. over and over and over again. Uh, just look at any of the game in like the bottom ten of the leaderboard. <laughs> Battlefield 2042. You know? Yeah, and then it's just like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some murders all around. Yeah, I think uh, PUBG was another three-man murder just because of the bad state that it's oh, in these days. Hackers. So sad. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we're going to talk about here this week. We really appreciate all of you guys listening to this episode. We will be back on Saturday with a quick take. And then on Monday, we will have a bonus round episode for you guys. We would love for you to come follow us everywhere on socials at Multiplayer Pod and come join our free Discord. Follow the link in the episode description. And I think that's it for today, boys. Is, is that it? That's it. Yeah. I think we're done. Paul, Michael, and Josh signing off for the Gotham Knights <laughs> and Bad News Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, all. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. All right. See you, everybody.